When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Patriots Beat is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. All right, everyone, welcome back into another live edition of the Patriots Beat podcast right here on the CLNS Media Network. It's Brian Hines, back as always with Alex Barth from 98.5 The Sports Hub to preview the New England Patriots taking on Barth's favorite team, the Buffalo Bills, this weekend in Foxborough. Uh, But before we get into that game, there was some roster shuffling an hour ago. It was a busy week for the Patriots injury report as kind of the theme over the last few weeks, but uh, the Patriots did release six-round rookie Amir Speed. He's kind of had a core special teams role here over the season, so they released him subject to waivers, and now they have an open spot on the 53. So they have the Jack Jones activation clock started this week. They still have Trey Flowers and Cody Davis on PUP who are working their way back. So they have an open spot on the 53 if they want to promote one of those guys, activate one of those guys, or maybe promote uh, Jalen Rager off the practice squad as his elevations are kind of running slim here. So speed out, maybe works his way back on the practice squad if he clears waivers, but a spot open on the roster ahead of this week seven game. Yeah, I could see speed returning. I think when you look at what they're going to do with that roster spot, right? It's Jack Jones, Cody Davis, Trey Flowers, an argument could be made for each of them. And then uh, uh, Jalen Rager is one guy I could see getting getting elevated from the practice squad or signed from the practice squad. I also wonder if Connor McDermott gets signed because he should be their starting right tackle. He is the best option they have. It looked that way back in training camp. He got hurt. But now that he's back, I think they need to give him a look. And maybe they'll kind of string it together for a couple of weeks and just elevate him in, until they absolutely have to sign him. But he's another guy I would watch here. Yeah, that's an interesting one, too. He came back on the practice squad Tuesday after you know he was released back in September with an injury settlement. So he, sh- he should be healthy because to come back, it's like the length of what they projected the injury to be plus an additional three weeks. So you'd assume he's healthy. Maybe he can't come in right away and play a full game, but might be able to factor into the equation at that tackle position pretty soon. And then like, they're going to need depth along the edge because Josh Uche hasn't been practicing this week with, with the foot and the knee still, I think is a bit of right. an issue. Keon white is in concussion protocol. It looks like, so probably not going to have him. So maybe Trey flowers is that guy or with the mere speed and that special teams role, like a one for one swap with Cody Davis could be in the work there. So right. Plenty of options there. Uh, we'll we'll kind of see what uh, unfolds. But for now, a mere speed out, open roster spot on the 53. But those were kind of the big 
big two roster moves uh, of the week, but we can get into some of the game. And I know we'll break down, as usual, some of the matchups and the tendencies, but I have kind of a one-word game plan for the Patriots this week, Alex, okay. and it's just chaos. Just cause as much chaos as possible. On the offensive side, I'm talking, give me Malik Cunningham running the ball. Give me Malik Cunningham double passes, trick plays. Like Defensively, I know they've spun the dial so much on Josh da- Josh Allen over these years that nothing works. So like, go back into that well and try to find something else to match his chaos. and just Because you have nothing else to lose at this point, and nothing else has worked against these Bills. So... That, that's what I'm saying. Just just cause chaos. If you're going to be bad, have fun, right? Like, so it's funny. My, <laughs> I, 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 you could sum up my game plan in one word too, and it might be the opposite of that: patience. Okay. Look the Bills feed on chaos. They want chaos. You, Josh Allen can't execute a drop back passing game. You think Josh Allen's going to come out and? All right. So so let me rephrase that. It's not that he can't. Josh Allen is not consistent. Yeah. Even his biggest defenders have to admit that he's not a consistent quarterback. Josh Allen's problem is he is too infatuated in the, in the Bills as a whole, Bills offense as a whole, too infatuated with the big play. And the book on Josh Allen, the book on the Bills, it's been out for a couple of years now, is if you basically just drop back into coverage, keep Josh Allen in the pocket, don't like overrush him, and, and basically just force him to check the ball down all day, take away the deep stuff, take away the scramble he will eventually get impatient and do something stupid. Except against he'll either, <laughs> right, He'll either throw a pick or he'll take off with the ball and fumble or get himself hurt or whatever, all of it. Except against the Patriots. There's some weird thing. Like Sean McDermott clearly doesn't like Bill Belichick. I don't know exactly what it is, but he's made, he's made very personal comments about Bill Belichick in the past. And I wonder if that rubs off on the quarterback and maybe some of Josh Allen's failures against the Patriots early in his career. That being said, it's still the best way to defend him. So you have to do it and make him continue to, to tic-tac-toe his way down the field. Look, it's, it's almost worked a couple times. J.C. Jackson had a dropped game-changing interception in 2021. Kyle Duggar had one last year. The opportunities have been there. The fumble, the Cam Newton fumble. Right. So you just you have to be patient against Josh Allen, force him to check his way down the field, see if he can do it. Now, the big thing with that is the Patriots have tried to do that and failed because J.C. Jack, J.C. Jackson couldn't cover Stephon Diggs. So you need some sort of plan for Stephon Diggs within that. I think they need to be patient. And then on offense, slow, methodical clock killing drives, run the ball. Here we go again. Run the ball. This Bills offense ranks 31st against the run in the NFL this year. It looks like they're going to be without Ed Oliver, their best interior defensive lineman. This is where, yes, give me the Malik Cunningham package. Give me and give me Zeke. Zeke looked great last week. Zeke looked as yeah. good as he's looked all year. All of it. Run the ball, kill the clock, and then be patient on defense. And for God's sakes, when Josh Allen throws you the ball, because he's going to throw you one. Catch the ball. Catch the ball. <laughs> When he throws you one. And yeah. maybe that's enough. I don't know. Like, I think this game will be close. So one more thing. I'm blowing through my whole game plan in the first 10 <laughs> minutes of the show. But this is just what we do for this team. There's not that much to break down. Everything I just preached about chaos. There is one point, Brian, where all our, uh, or everything I preach about pay, uh, patience. There's one spot where I'll agree with you on chaos. 
in all of the Bills wins since 2020, except for the playoff game. So all their regular season wins. Um, and this frankly Patriots. happened in the loss too. Sorry, what are you going to say? Against the Patriots. Against the Patriots, okay. yes. And this, it, is ha- it almost happened in the loss too. But the two drives ended without points. The Bills went at some point in the second half, went on one or two massive clock killing drives. In 2020, they had a nine play drive in the third quarter and a 10 play drive in the fourth quarter that extended the lead. In the second meeting in 2020, they had a 10 play, seven minute drive to turn a two score game into a three score game early in the fourth quarter. In 2021, the, the, so not the win game, the other game. 14-play drive, 13-play drive. Took a two-score game into a three-score game and turned a three-score game with a field goal into a three-score game with a touchdown. Last year, 15-play, 94-yard drive in New England to turn a two-score game into a three-score game. And in the final game last year, seven-play, 81-yard drive late in the third quarter, turned a one-score game into a two-score game. The best way to avoid that, the best way to avoid that to get a lead early, but you can only ask for so much here, bro. So let's say they keep it close and they're down like a score or two coming out of half. Don't let the bills go on that drive. That if there's any point where you're going to turn the pressure up and go chaos mode, that's, the, no. that's where you do yeah. it. Yeah. So that like keeping it close is the big thing. Cause back to like offensively, my big thing too was run the ball. Right. And Malik's going to be part of that. Zeke's going to be part of that. It starts with the offensive line, and it's you can't find yourself in like a 28-10 deficit in the second quarter because then you can't run the ball, right? But this Buffalo team, they've had success running on them in the past. Other teams have had success running on them uh, at, at times this year, even though I think they're top 10 and maybe rush defense. But like Matt Milano is out for the season, I believe. He's definitely not playing this week. They lost. He's, yeah, he's out uh, this week. Uh, Tremaine or Tremont Edmonds, their linebacker from last year, like he, he's yeah. in Chicago now. Like, so attack these linebackers in the run game. Um, and on Malik, uh, Andrew Callahan pointed this out from Sports Info Solutions. Buffalo is one of the three teams in the league this year to have not faced a design QB run, an option run, or a QB keeper off a zone read. And they're allowing 5.7 yards per carry up the middle. Uh, against those kind of zone read runs so <laughs> throw it at him just see what happens throw it at him I know Malik at times looked like in his two carries last week kind of looked like the game was moving too fast for him kind of might what you expect from a UDFA in, in his debut but hopefully he's a little more calmer this week he's ready to go like throw that at him just see how they respond run at these new linebackers in there and do that like you have to keep the game close so that's kind of my big thing offensively is to be able to run the ball as we've been saying kind of all all year here yeah and i think with malik uh it, it was obviously very quick for him last week look he really hasn't played a lot forget even in the regular season he only got really one drive at quarterback yeah. anyway in the preseason i give him another look i think i don't love it but i think you have to at this point I would absolutely give him another look in that in that package, in that read option package, because that's also going to slow down the pass rush a little bit. You start hitting him with that. I, I, I think they need to go back to him again this week. <clears throat> yep, I agree. And the double pass. Let him throw throw a double pass or something. Just chaos. Let's, yeah. let's see what, what happens there. But 
yeah, the, the Bills pass rush is uh, definitely a problem, especially with the Patriots offensive line in the current state. Uh, Bill called them the best pass rush in the league. Mac agreed, even though I think they called like the Philly pass rush the best pass rush in the league earlier this year. Yeah, but, they say that every week. Um, Bill Belichick called Jimmy Garoppolo starting yeah. quarterback. I mean, <laughs> there you go. But it, it is a very talented pass rush, even though you mentioned Ed Oliver with that toe injury hasn't practiced. That was one of the guys Bill specifically mentioned multiple times. So that would be a, a big loss for them. But like you go through like Greg Rousseau, Jordan Phillips. Vaughn Miller, Leonard Floyd, AJ Espinosa, like they are deep there. And with the current state of the Patriots offensive line, it, that's where the game could maybe get out of hand. We'll see if it's Connor McDermott. Riley Reef hasn't been practicing. You know, and Strange are uh, still limited at practice this week. So it's another kind of mess up front. And you might just have to piece this together to try to slow down a really good rush this week. Yeah, I, I hope we get Connor McDermott. I, Connor McDermott should absolutely play in this game, 100%, yep. um, if he's healthy. Yep. I agree. And the other thing offensively, like going back, the Week 18 game against Buffalo last year, like Mack played really well in the first half. Then he threw three bad interceptions in the second half. But like maybe that's kind of your game plan. It was a lot of under center. It was running the ball, as we said, and then they had their, you know, the Mac was really good off play action that game. I think he was nine for nine, 80 yards and a, and a touchdown maybe. They worked the quick game a lot, kind of, because Buffalo, even with, worth worth mentioning, Leslie Frazier isn't their D.C. anymore. Sean McDermott is calling the plays, but the defense looks pretty much the same. As Bill, Bill pointed that out uh, on Wednesday. Lots of zone defense, so... You know, last year in that Week 18 matchup, they really worked the quick game, which we saw them have some success success in that area against Vegas last week in the quick game. So get Mac under center, run the ball, play action, quick game, stuff we've been clamoring for, then get Malik in there and just kind of just kind of see what happens at that point. Because, again, you have nothing to lose against Buffalo. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. You got to, to your chaos point, like you do sort of have to approach this game like you're playing with house money. Yeah. Good. You know, be aggressive on, on fourth down decisions, go for it. Things like that. That was, that was another one. Like as much as I'd love to see Chad Brylan kick a 60 yarder or Bryce hit a, hit a bomb. Like if it's fourth and three and you're around midfield or on your side of the field, like go for it. Like let's be a little aggressive here. Let's have some urgency. Cause I believe they're nine point underdogs right now over on FanDuel. Uh, pull that up. Sounds but, right. Yeah, like you are. You said it best. You're playing with house money this game, so let's we'll, we'll be aggressive. Be a little aggressive here. Have some urgency. Right. Uh, so, any other like offensive, you know, matchups, players you're looking at? We still have Booty. Keishon Booty popped up on the injury report today with a hamstring injury. Uh, Douglas and Juju Smith-Schuster are still limited with the concussions. Looks like they're trending in the right direction, though, that they are on the field. So any action in that receiver room you're looking for? Or Hunter Henry has also been limited with that ankle injury. Anything from the pass catcher perspective that you you might be looking for against Buffalo here? I'm curious how much Devontae Parker plays. Yeah. And, look, maybe they don't care because they extended him, and I'm not saying it's right, but they've benched guys for a lot less than the comments he made after the game. It, it won the effort in the game and then the comments after the game. I, I would think it, 
Demario Douglas will be back. Juju Smith-Schuster, maybe. He was a, a day later coming back to practice. But between them, Tyquan Thornton, like you have options. Devontae Parker doesn't look like he wants to be on the field right now. And I don't know how you can keep putting him out there when he's giving you nothing. I mean, you've seen him. Forget the drop. I go back to that route on the third down. Yep, yep. Was it in the third quarter where he gets to the top of the route, basically just stops running until he realizes Max is going to throw him the ball and he has to break on the ball late. You can't have that. You just can't have that out there on the field. So I'm curious to see how much he plays. And then with tomorrow, Douglas, to get the kid on the field, like we kind of paused that whole conversation last week because he was hurt. He obviously wasn't going to play. Now that he's going to play again. Get he's at going into last week. So without having missed the game, he his usage rate was around like 27%, and he was responsible for a tenth of their total passing yards. <laughs> and I know that sounds like lopsided, but keep in mind that 27% includes run plays and things like that, right? So uh, we've got to get Demario Douglas out there, and we'll see if if Kayshawn Booty, if he's healthy, or if, uh, if they call up Rager again, or if it's Thornton, if somebody gets the snaps if Devontae Parker gets a little slap on the wrist for the way he uh, he he performed last week. Yeah. What what'd you think of Booty landed on the injury report today? Do you think that's an actual hamstring in practice, or is that looking like maybe a little Foxborough flu action to you? Um. Yeah, it's tough to tell. They're being weird with him. Yeah. I, I, there, there's a lot of things that could be uh, – because he, he had the hamstring earlier in the year, so maybe, you know, he doesn't play – he puts on social media he's not happy that he's not playing. And the Patriots are like, oh, you're hurt, remember? See, look, you're hurt. I know there's been times in the past where I've asked a guy, because the injury report comes out before we go in the locker room, and I'll ask a guy about being on the injury report, and he didn't even know Yeah, he was on the injury report. He'll just put him on there. So I'm not saying that's what this is, but like that could be so many different things. But whatever, it is, I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily I'm more optimistic about him playing this week than I was before seeing that. Yeah. If there was a time to play, and it would have been last week, and the fact that right. they still didn't go to him there, that that's kind of a bad sign there. But yeah, Parker will definitely be interesting. If it's if he's out, it's either more Tyquan or you know last week when he wasn't on the field, it was kind of Jalen Rager at the X, which you know you'd have to either sign him to the active roster or elevate him for the third and final time off the practice squad. But like, yeah, Parker just doesn't kind of really look like a guy who wants to be out there. And at least with Rager, like, you get that speed kind of element like that, that Tyquan can provide. So that that would be kind of an interesting interesting switch up to see if, you know, everything that happened with Parker there results in a dip in playing time. Because I believe he's there. He's played the most snaps or percentage out of all their yeah, players. Yeah, maybe he's just, the most used receiver. Yeah, so that, that would Which, be – It should pretty, be Kendrick Bourne, but – Yeah, so – that would be a pretty significant change if they kind of lower Parker there after last week. But if you can get Rager, Thornton, Douglas isn't really that X position, but, you know, get all that speed on the field, just dip into that chaos, dip into that speed. We, we'd love to see that. But uh, unless you had any last thoughts on the offensive side of the ball, we could hear from our friends over at FanDuel and talk about a little more about Josh Allen and the Patriots defense. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. 
There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling Helpline MA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Did you see the uh, the Harbaugh thing today? The uh, s- stealing signs or however yeah. they phrase it? Yeah. So I didn't even know that advanced scouting was illegal in college football. That's what I said. Yeah, that's uh, a stupid rule. It's a really stupid rule. Yeah. You can do that on TV. What does it matter? And so what? So if John Harbaugh, sorry, Jim Harbaugh, when he was suspended, if he had gone to like another D1 game, what? That would have been illegal? Or what? It's only if you're taking notes. So what if you just go and memorize? Stupid rule. But somebody tweeted, I found it very funny. If Michigan paid an employee to watch Iowa's offense in person, that should be an OSHA violation, not an NCAA <laughs> violation. But what a ridiculous rule by the end. And I'm not a big Harbaugh guy or Mission guy or any of that. Like, I'm perfectly fine if people want to pile on them because I think that program's kind of dumb. But what a stupid, stupid rule by the NCAA. Yeah, that, that was kind of ridiculous. Uh, is it like you can only have a certain level of scout go or just like not at all? I, I So I, I, I kind of just saw in passing today, I didn't get a chance to read up on it, but it sounds like if you go in person and you make markings of like what – the other team is doing in terms of signals that's illegal but that, send a student send a student who doesn't work for the team yeah like there's so many ways that that law can be violated it's a stupid they basically caught him doing a spy game yeah you know if a, the camera was five feet lower it would have been legal but no you're here like who gives a crap yeah that that, that rule is kind of ridiculous but uh yeah. Yeah, Jim Harbaugh. Maybe the Patriots need a coach if he's getting into that stuff. But uh, all right. To the Buffalo offense, Patriots defense, Josh Allen has obviously had his way with New England since 2000. I think they've outscored them by like 90 points. Allen's tossed 18 touchdowns or two interceptions, I believe it was. So you mentioned at the top, you got to – the book is, you know, take away the deep stuff, make them – play conservative, make him check it down all game, all game, and then until he gets greedy, make him force a mistake, right? You're still rolling right. with that strategy this week, and, you know, how are you kind of formulating that on from the Patriots' defense perspective? Same thing. Just hold on tight. Just, you know, drop into coverage, multiple safety looks. Uh, now it's going to be a lot tougher to play this way without Devin McCourty, but I think you got to see a lot of Jabril Pepper this, Peppers this week. He's been your best safety. A lot of Kyle Duggar. Just cover four, cover two man on the outside, just keeping everything underneath, stepping up and tackling, and then keeping him in the pocket. You're not outright rushing Josh Allen. You can't be over-pursuing the quarterback this week. You just want to collapse the pocket onto him and not give him anywhere to go. When he gets him, you got to tackle him too, and that's his own challenge. But, yeah, I, I, I again, I still think the way to play it is just to play, not like prevent defense, but some sort of very safe takeaway, the big play defense, and just – 
wait for him to get impatient. And I get that he hasn't gotten impatient in the matchups before. If you start blitzing him and you start, you know, going man on man, there's just too much talent. They're going to beat you. They're going to rack up big plays and it's, they're just going to nickel. They're, they're, they're going to hit you down the field for 40, 50 points. You, You can't let them take the big plays. That is the one thing you have to take away from this offense. Yeah. The pass rush does scare me still, obviously, without Judon, and now Uche hasn't practiced this week. But it's not like, you know, you just want to make Josh Allen feel you, right? Like, you don't want to all right. pressure him, as you just said, but they haven't been able to generate kind of any pass rush since, since Judon landed on IR. And the big thing to me, and, and someone brought it up in the chat here, is we need someone to keep an eye on, on Josh Allen. This is your Marte Mapu game. Right, like he should be playing. This is why you drafted Marte Mapu. Yes. Let him spy Josh Allen. Let him kind of run after him because he has that athleticism. And I know we've been worried that they're not going to play like a 230-pound guy, you know, in the middle of the field, off-ball linebacker. But I think they're kind of at the point where they might just have to because they're down all these edge guys. So you're really left with Anthony Jennings and Jelani Tavai on the edge. All that's left is Juwan Bentley, Mac Wilson, and Marte Mapu as your off-ball linebacker. So I think they're going to kind of have to play Marte Mapu, you know, off the ball there. And I think this is the perfect time to kind of unleash him and let him, you know, just keep a, keep an eye on Josh Allen there, and you know, match him where he's running and, and kind of make him feel you, you know, hit hit him a few times in that role. So I know we didn't play last week, but hopefully we get some more Marte Mapu on the field this time around. Yeah. I, I think he, this is the game to draft him, and I get they don't want to. Um, first of all, yes, I said Devin McCourty's not playing this week because he's retired. <laughs> It'll be harder to do without Devin McCourty because he's retired. Last time they played the Bills, they had Devin McCourty. Uh, you you got to play Marte Mappa this week. And, and look, it, 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 to be fair, last week was not a big Marte Mapu game. And Josh Jacobs out there. They're, they got big wide receivers. Like that's not the kind of game you're going to play him a lot. You drafted that guy to handle this kind of quarterback. You drafted that guy to be the spy on the Josh Allen's and Patrick Mahomes of the league. Maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. It's a, it's a big task for rookie, but you're one in five. What do you have to lose? You got to give this kid a shot. They can't, they used the uh, uh, top 100 pick on this pick. They can't get cold feet and suddenly realize he's not what they thought he was. They got to put him on the field and let him learn and develop. Yeah. I mean, we talked about playing the kids, right? And even through the growing pain. So get him out there. This is the perfect matchup and just see what happens. Unfortunately, like this was the game we were all looking forward to for Christian Gonzalez, right? Can we finally get someone to slow down Stefan Diggs? And unfortunately, we don't have that opportunity. But, I mean, J.C. Jackson has had some issues with Stefan Diggs in the past. Uh, I'm still probably I'm going to say we're not going to see Jack Jones, right? Like, he came back to practice this week. But there's a difference between practice speed and game speed. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're still without him. And Jonathan Jones hasn't practiced He's been out there at the start, but he's been listed as did not practice with that ankle injury still bothering him. So they're still undermanned in the secondary there. So, you know, it'll be a big week for, you know, JC probably. Hopefully you'd imagine John Jones can still go after he played last week, but it's going to be all hands on deck to kind of stop not only Diggs, but 
Gabe Davis has had some success against this team in the past too. Yeah, so G- Gabe that. Davis doesn't worry me. I'll, I'll be honest. Like if Gabe Davis beats you, Gabe Davis beats you. I think that means the Patriots played a pretty good game defensively overall. I they their offense even and I this is my hot take. Stephon Diggs is the reason the Bills' offense is what it is more so than Josh Allen. Yeah. Stephon Diggs is the engine of that Bills' offense. It's not to say Josh Allen isn't good, but they're able to do what they do because of Stephon Diggs more than anybody else. And I think this year, more than any other year, I mean, you've seen Josh Allen, how many times he panicked and just forced balls to Diggs. Um, receiving leaders this year for the Bills, Stephon Diggs is 49 catches. Next closest is Gabriel Davis at 21. That's less than half. Receiving yards, Stephon Diggs is 620. Gabriel Davis is at 341. No other player has more than 140. It's Diggs. This thing runs through Diggs. His, Josh Allen's passing rating is about 40 points higher when he throws to Stephon Diggs compared to other players. That's the guy you got to take away. It's so much easier said than done. And I, this is a big part of the reason I think JC Jackson didn't get signed in New England last offseason was they knew they were going to have to get by Diggs at some point, and he time and time again proved he couldn't cover him. I think Diggs more than Allen is the reason the Patriots haven't been able to beat the Bills the last few years. Christian Gonzalez, to me, was drafted in big part to be an answer to that. Unfortunately, ah. we don't get to see that this week. Yeah, exactly. Your your reaction says it all. But that's if you can take him away, that's going to do more than like pressuring Josh Allen, like over-blitzing Josh Allen. Because yeah. if you over-blitz him, Diggs is one-on-one, and Allen, he's going to have another three-touchdown game. you got to take away Stephon Diggs. Yep. It all runs through Stefan Diggs, but I, I think I'm just expecting a big like Dalton Kincaid game because like he hasn't really like lit up the stat sheet yet. But like that would just be the way this this Patriots team is going. Like the the rookie comes back from the concussion and just drops like a hundred yards on them. So that that'll be interesting to watch. Because I, I was also I like Dalton Kincaid in the draft. So I'd imagine his first like big moment would have probably come gashing the Patriots in Buffalo. So we'll see that he's back. Uh, Dawson Knox, too. They, they've been running a lot more 12 personnel, trying to find someone who can be a reliable guy outside of Diggs. But to your point, really, like they haven't found that yet. So maybe this is the week they do. But, yeah, it, it all kind of runs through runs through Stefan Diggs there. But easier said than done to try and slow him down. But any other any other Patriots defensive thoughts uh, on your mind for, the, for this game man it's it, it sucks they're missing Devin McCourty he's not playing this week that's real tough he's not playing again because he is retired what a stupid comment what is up with this fan base man I, I, I got into it with the chat last week and I said I wasn't going to do it this week but man oh, what I, are we doing I was if we can transition this into college because I've been the people and I saw this in the chat last week and I saw this on Twitter a lot like if you talk about Drake May or, or Caleb Williams, the amount of people that respond to you and be like, "Oh, well, if you put them on this team, they're like, what's the difference going to make?" Like, thanks for pro- like we know like what have we been saying the last two years? Like, if you get a young quarterback, surround him with with talent. Like to say a guy who could be a franchise quarterback isn't going to be good on a roster that he's not even on. Like. Thanks, Captain Obvious. Like, what are there's we a second about? round pick? There's a second round pick. There's a third round pick, and maybe you trade some of these. But like, you have other draft picks. They're also going to have like right two hundred million dollars in cap space. Guy, I would hope that they're not just going to draft the quarterback and keep everything else the same. They, <laughs> that's what they did this year. Last year was the offensive coordinator, and 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 
it was like, well, okay, yes, you had to get Patricia out, but y'all had to do other things that they didn't do. Drake May should not be throwing to these wide receivers if he's here. Caleb Williams should not be throwing to these wide receivers if he's here. You guys got to get it. I, I get it. This is new to all of us. Patriots <laughs> being one and five. You guys got to get it together, though, man. Yeah, you got to get it, it together. It was just blowing my mind. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, maybe you hope one day, like, they're the type of quarterbacks that can elevate, like, lesser talent. But, no. The point is, you get a guy who might be a franchise quarterback, the most important position in sports, and surround him in talent and see how it works. So that that was that was crazy. Is Tom Brady playing? Yeah, yeah. Tom Brady's <laughs> not playing this either. I, I I say stupid things. Yeah, like I, I I'm stupid. Like I assume somebody saying a player's not playing is because they don't think they're retired. What did you think I meant? <laughs> they're not going to have Devin McCourty. This all right? We we got to move on because now we're just going to right. people. Well, if you don't have. Any last thoughts on the Patriots game in general, or we can transition that into some of our college football talk. Um, I would just say uh, special teams got to be better. 32nd yeah. TVOA in the league. And and this is a get like the Patriots have to play perfect game to win this week. They have to win this one on the margins. Special teams is all on the margins. Bryce Beringer. Sorry, Brian can't come out and shank his first punt as he's, he's done had, the last he's two had weeks. one of those like every week. It seems it is like. such as that he's had them. He's had them early. Yeah. And this is part of the reason they're falling behind. They go three and out punt it's a bad punt and now the other team is a short field and boom they go right down and score can't have that gotta have good snaps gotta be covering kicks all oh, you can't be running kicks out of the end zone can't and be don't give up punts inside the five don't give up a kick return touchdown the first play of the game don't don't or later in the game don't do that at all yeah just don't do it at all actually Let's... what do you make of the idea that the patriots should if they win the toss, get the ball instead of defer and to part kind of mitigate these issues of starting slow. I wouldn't mind that. Well, I, I, wouldn't actually, mind. I hate it. You hate, I it? hate it. I'm not a big fan of it. I'll okay. tell you why. Because you still have to be within your identity. The Patriots are injuries and all still a defensive first team. And it's the offense isn't starting slow because they're not getting the ball first. They're going three and out every time. And like I just mentioned, it feeds this thing. You got you, you got to be able to get a stop on defense. You got to lean on your defense and maybe get more favorable field position, something. I don't see how getting the ball first helps if you're still going to three and out on your first series. And now you're giving other teams a chance to double score against a team that has been bad, uh, a team that has been bad early in games you're giving chance teams a chance to really pull away yeah i wouldn't mind it just because like again it keeps coming back to like what do you have to lose like maybe there is just a little extra juice offensively and it leads to a better result but i know bill o'brien was asked about that this week and he kind of said like that's something we talk about during the week and decide during the week i would be surprised if they did it this week because it looks like i think sunday was supposed to be kind of rainy like windy rainy so that seems like a situation where you would kick it and try to get your defense on the field and force a quick punt and then get your offense out there. But maybe in the future, like, I mean, they don't have an opening drive score since I think it was Minnesota on Thanksgiving last year. So like, and that was their only one of the year. Yeah. So like maybe it's worth just trying something new at some point, but I wouldn't necessarily expect it uh, this week with, with some of the windy weather it's looking like. 
I look, it didn't look that bad. It was like 14 mile an hour winds. No, I, I thought earlier in the week it was supposed to rain, but maybe that's. Maybe no, that's I think I, I, I looked this morning, unless it's changed. I haven't looked since like no. 10 o'clock this morning, but. Just, just. Yeah, I'll take another wind bowl. That was hilarious. I'll take, I'll absolutely take another wind bowl. Yeah. Uh, I forget who said it, but someone said like that was the last good moment as a Patriot fan. And maybe it should have been a little symbolic that the last good moment was when Mac Jones wasn't throwing passes <laughs> in a game. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Looks like uh, Saturday is definitely rainy. If I don't know if you saw, but they moved the Mike yeah. Rabel, Dante Skarniecki, a Hall of Fame ceremony indoors and fortunately is close to the public. I think there was a chance to win tickets on Patriots.com or something, but uh, unfortunately that's close to the public because of the weather, but we'll see about the weather on Sunday. But we can transition that into some college football talk because there are some, some big games again this weekend. I think the big one is Penn State, Ohio State. But I want to talk – we were talking quarterbacks earlier. I want to talk Caleb Williams first because – okay. Wasn't a great showing last week, obviously, with the three interceptions and a tough game uh, against Notre Dame. And now he's got a Utah team that beat him twice last year. I know he scored five touchdowns in one of them, but they held him to 24 points in the second one, I believe. And there, like we talk about chaos, like that can be the Utah defense in a way. So kind of a big bounce back game from, from Caleb Williams, it looks, against this, this ranked Utah team. This is a bounce back spot for him in, in so many different ways, like you said, based off last week, based off the both outings last year. And then also just it's been a weird week for him. The thing about the ownership, like he wants ownership stake and um, taking shots at that Notre Dame fan yeah. fan uh, that came out earlier today. He's starting to get into that. Like, I think people are starting to waver on him. He's got to come out like this Utah defense up now. He's at home, so that'll help in Southern California. He's got to come out and light this defense up and remind everybody who he is. I, I think yep. this is a massive spot for him to show that he's got that killer instinct that you're looking for in a, in a truly elite NFL quarterback. Yeah, B- big test for him. But probably the game of the week is Penn State at Ohio State, battle of two top 10 teams in the country, two probably best Big Ten teams. Maybe Michigan's in there, but who maybe knows not like Michigan now. Yeah, yeah, who knows with that? But maybe not. Uh, the quarterbacks you're looking at, but a ton. Well, not this year. So uh, let me say this. Sorry to cut you off, Brian. Uh, Not the quarterbacks you're looking for this year. Obviously, neither of them are draft eligible. If you're somebody who thinks the Patriots should give Mac Jones one more year and you have your eye on that 2025 class, Drew Aller, who's a true sophomore, is going to be one of the top quarterbacks in that class. And I, based on what he, you're right, the quarterback Penn State, Based on what he's done so far, I can't imagine Kyle McCord would come out, but he he was the top high score recruit. He would potentially be one of the top quarterbacks in that class as well, I think, if he did come out, if he turns it around. So you're looking at, you know, if you're somebody who wants the quarterback in 2025, these are some of the guys we're going to be talking about. Yeah. I mean, if you want that and you want to build your roster other ways, like these are the teams you're looking at. This is the at. game. Yeah. I think- uh, Dane Brugler of The Athletic, who's awesome draft coverage. I think he said, like, there's 20-plus draft-eligible prospects in this game. And, I mean, just where the Patriots might be picking top 10 alone, you have maybe Marvin Harrison, but Uboka as, you know, maybe the wide receiver too. And then, you know, the offensive line with Fashanu, the Penn State tackle, like yeah, tons, yeah. 
of freaking talent in, in this game. All, I mean, all I don't even – just to build on it, uh, Robinson, the edge rusher, yep. and, and, and Kalen King, who's Penn State – both Penn State guys, uh, Kalen King, Penn State's corner – excellent player i don't think patriots taking a corner in the first round again but like to evaluate against you know marvin harrison this is a wide nfl wide receiver against an nfl corner these are two guys that are are among the best harrison is king's up there he might i i go kool-aid mckinstry but they're close with 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 king um big time matchup there And, and then even on the edge ohio state is a couple good edge guys jack sawyer uh, the other guy whose name I always butcher, uh, Tio Malalu, I think is what it is, JTT Malalu. So you're going to see Fashanu get some looks from guys that are top 50 picks. I don't know either of those guys. They're like fringe first-round picks right now. But, yeah, you're going to see NFL talent against NFL talent. Travion Henderson, if you're somebody who's worried about the running back position, where they're at with Ramondre Stevenson, I could see them taking a guy like Travion Henderson in the third round as kind of the long-term replacement for Ramondre. That would make a ton of sense. I mean, we could just keep listing guys. Yeah. But it there's goes a ton on of NFL on on. talents on the field. Yeah. Running back. Tommy Eichenberg was a guy I really liked for them last year. Uh, I'm just going to keep listing guys. <laughs> you, you jump in where you want. Tommy Eichenberg's a linebacker from Ohio State. I actually think I took him in my first mock draft last year. I always do one the day after the Super Bowl, and then he ended up going back to school. Um, I also really like Ohio State's tight end, Cade Stover. He's had a good year, yeah. He kind of reminds me of like this is a, a weird comp. Um, if Keon White played offense, he's because he's a converted defensive end. He's this big, physical, imposing athlete where he's raw technically because he's new to the position, but he checks all the physical boxes. And I think it's a little easier to go from tight end to defensive end than the other way around. Not take anything away from Keon White, but it's like. Stover doesn't I – don't, I don't think Stover's second-round pick. I think he's probably an early day three pick right now, but that's a guy I would watch, Cade Stover from Ohio State. And people and, – and if you listen to me with Taylor on Tuesday, you heard me say this. Like People always ask me, where do I start with the draft? Where do I start? Where do I start? Um, I say start anywhere. Start with your favorite school. Start with the highest-ranked players. Start with a certain position. Or just start with the funniest names. That can be somewhere you start. And if you're doing that, Penn State – so I just talked about they have that one corner, Kalen King, who's – just excellent going to be a, a top 20 pick corner opposite him. Who's like a day three pick, not bad, but he's not, you know, blue chip prospect storm duck. Maybe you just want yeah. to watch storm duck the whole <laughs> game and get all excited about him. I, uh, yeah, could go, could go either way. Yeah. Ton, so much talent in that game. Someone said tackle at the chat for Shanu yeah. tackle will probably be the first or second tackle off the board with Notre Dame's Joe Alt. So yeah, just everywhere you look on that field uh, Saturday afternoon, there will be draft-eligible, like, top prospects. So, uh, other top quarterbacks. Uh, hey, I'm, I'm, oh, yeah, we can keep going. I, I just This guy paid two bucks to comment this. So, uh, Will Rogers, <laughs> it's it's a bold use of two bucks. Uh, those, those true air raid quarterbacks, they struggle so much in the NFL. A lot of it's not transferable. I like Will Rogers. I like his makeup. He'll be like one of the hotshot college football offensive coordinators in like five years. He's on that Cliff Kingsbury, um, uh, Kellen Moore path. I think that's his future. Kevin O'Connell, that type of Kevin strategy. O'Connell's another one. Yeah. yeah. Although, no, was he an air raid guy in college or is he just like a. Mm, I don't know where he played actually. Zach Robinson. Zach Robinson fits that description. That was another one. Yeah. That might have been no, O'Connell's at San Diego State. He definitely was an air raid. Okay. 
Yeah, Robinson was probably who I was thinking of. But Tommy um, Chang, Timmy Chang. Yeah, other top quarterbacks: Bo Nix at home against Washington State. Uh, Bama Tennessee is just a good ranked game. Uh, Quinn Ewers on the road after his bye on Houston. Drake May home against Virginia. And Florida State Duke, Jordan Travis, maybe in that, you know, day two area against a really good Duke defense, top yeah, two, yeah. top 20 teams. So, well, that's uh, also then, if you're interested in somebody like Keon Coleman against that Duke defense, that's a good yeah, one. that would be a good one. And then Penix home against Arizona State. So, plenty of good, good games there. Any thoughts on any of those? Anything to have your eye? Um, I mean, they're good games. I'm really excited just to watch the football game that is Florida State Duke. Um, Alabama, Tennessee, too. It's another good one. JC Latham is probably the top draft target in that is, one in terms of the Patriots. I don't know. And like quietly going to win the SEC here with the Brock Bowers injury. And well, the SEC East or West, whichever one they're in, it doesn't make any sense. Um, I, I still don't know. Yeah, Georgia worries me. The SEC kind of feels open, doesn't yeah. it? especially with Brock Bowers down Georgia hasn't been the same I mean everything feels open I was texting some friends today about you know just college football and like who are who thinks gonna win the title my buddy said Florida State and it just kind of comes in nowhere you don't think of them as as a title contender but they're very if they win the ACC they're gonna be in the college football playoff and who can they not beat you know that there's a bunch of teams that I think you wouldn't definitively take one over the other. I don't know that there's one team right now that you, you looked at Georgia last year and you said, they'll beat anybody. They play. They'll beat anybody. They play. If they show up, you looked at like Alabama, Ohio state. Those are teams that if Georgia, they could give Georgia game and they were just going to definitively beat everybody else. Everybody feels vulnerable this year. Yeah. Everybody, including Georgia, including uh, Michigan, Michigan feels very vulnerable, especially now, including Florida state, Alabama, they all feel vulnerable. No, yeah, I agree with you there. Iowa, Iowa's going to get in there. So. I do. I Iowa winning the Big Ten and then having to fire their offensive coordinator would just. Iowa's the chaos statement. You want yeah. chaos, Brian? Iowa. Iowa. I am rooting so hard for one loss, Iowa, to somehow make the college football playoff, averaging like sixteen points a game. That'd be great. And then just get like demolished by. Florida State in the first round or Georgia or something. And then they somehow end up in the Pac-12. Yeah. <laughs> Shout uh, out that, Iowa. That, w- that would be something. But uh, quickly on Brock Bowers, do you think we've seen the last of him in a Georgia Bulldog uniform? Because I know he had that tightrope surgery. For those who don't know, he high ankle sprain, I believe it was. He had that tightrope surgery that's gotten popular to rush back on the field. But, like, this is a guy who's going to be a top 10 pick. He's already won two national championships. Like, what, like I don't know. He's got, I don't, he, he should take his time. I'm with yeah. you on that. He should take his time. That seems like a kind of a weird situation to really try to rush back for and get back on the field. But uh, we'll see. Georgia Georgia needs him. So that, that would be interesting to watch how that unfolds. But uh, I think that'll do it from us today. I'll bring um, this one up one more. Right, Sorry, one more. I'll, just, I'll just bring this one up because somebody else did a, a super chat. So I feel like if I pull one up that paid, I should do the other one. Uh, when does Gerard Mayo start making personnel decisions? Uh, I wouldn't quite go that far. Yeah. I, I don't know if you're talking about in-game. That would be if and when Bill gets fired, which I don't think is going to happen mid-season. 
I don't think he's ever going to be the GM. Like he's a coach. Yeah. I don't think they would ever make him the like if he becomes the coach, it's Matt Grow or somebody else is going to be the GM. Yeah, doesn't seem like a Bill situation where he would be coach and de facto GM there. They'd probably bring someone else in or go with Grow as you just said. But right. So we appreciate the uh, the super yeah. chat. Uh, one Thank more you. one more college football question for you. We sort of just touched on it, but I I, I got to ask you because it is historic, and I want to see what the number is. Currently, before I ask you, my hang on, uh, the Iowa Minnesota was just named the Sickos Committee official game of the week. Uh, <laughs> it is a historic total. I'm trying to find Historic. out which FanDuel has low, that. I'm guessing. <laughs> no, it's eighty. Uh, it is. I'm gonna it say. Is, it is. I'm gonna say. 30. Thirty and a half. Uh, I was going to say like 31 and a half. So I think it was 32 earlier this week. It's now 30 and a half down. Oh my gosh. What was the one you liked earlier in the year? That was like 33 and a half. I don't know. Uh, oh, Oklahoma uh, state. And, and then it like soared over though, but yeah. Yeah. Like hit, uh, hit, hit in the first quarter, 30 and a half. You riding that? Oh, I'm going under all day. Love it. <laughs> That's some classic big 10 football right there, baby. But, um, all right, I think that'll do it from us today. So go follow Alex on Twitter, at RealAlexBarth. Go read all his Patriots Bills preview coverage on 985dsportshub.com. You can follow me on Twitter at I am Brian Hines. You can go read all my Patriots work over at patspulpit.com. Thank you all, as always, for tuning in, and we will see you guys next time.